0: Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's going to take the next few minutes to share some great words of hope, insight, humor, and relevance. In today's lost and searching world, that's something everyone desperately needs to hear. Speaking of that, we'd love to keep this conversation going with you anytime through our website, richardellistalks.com. In fact, there's so many ways to connect with us from there that you really need to check it out for yourself. Richard Ellis richardellistalks.com. But right now, let's go ahead and get things off and running with today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis.
1: The title of today's message is, You Are Here. I think we've all been in that mall situation where you, you know, I'm pretty stubborn about not thinking I'm lost, but you just go, I don't know where I am. I don't know where the store is. So you go find the map of the mall and what you're, you're not looking for just the store, right? You're looking for the, you are here. I got to figure out if I find the store, where am I and how do I get from here to there? Sometimes we get so caught up in the getting from the here to there, though, that we forget that you are here, that we are where we are, right? We get questions like, and if you got kids or you've been a kid, you've always asked this, are we there yet? Right? And the answer is always, yes, we are there because there is where you are and if that's where you are, you are there not what they want to hear though that never worked in our house whether you like it or not your show my location is always active with God does anybody know what I'm talking about on your phone you can track people I do this to friends I say can I borrow your phone a minute and I turn the location on without them knowing that and so I kind of always know where they're hey dude are you over by the Whataburger yeah how do you know that oh I just the Lord was put you on my heart um so So you can activate your phone or turn it off. I tell my wife, I say, look, if you want to know where I am, I've turned it on. You always know where I am. There's no question. All you got to do is look on your phone. That's where I am. And you think, well, I'm going to turn mine off in terms of God. You can't turn it off. He always knows your location. He always knows where you are. You are either where he wants you to be or you are where you want to be. So just as you say, well, you are here. You say, well, that's where I am. The question is, is that where God wants you to be, or is that just where you've chosen to be? And we're not going to read the story of Jonah today, but Jonah was where he was, but Jonah on the boat getting thrown into the ocean was not where God wanted him to be. He was supposed to go to Nineveh, and he went the complete opposite direction, and that did not work out well. For It makes for a great story, by the way. It's not the story you want to live. So go to Deuteronomy 31.6. So as we get into this, one of the things I find very fascinating about Jesus coming to earth is one of the attributes of God we've talked about before is that God is omnipresent. Jesus was not omnipresent. You say, what does that mean? He put off some of his stuff that he had in heaven that he is in that God form. When he became a man, God, God, man, then he is not omnipresent. He is just present. So wherever Jesus was, that's where he was. Right, So you have no scripture of Jesus leaving his body and zooming all around the planet. If Jesus was somewhere, and we're going to read a story about that, if Jesus was somewhere, he was 100% there. God and man was present at that spot. And we'll get to that in a minute. So Deuteronomy 31.6, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you, he will not leave you nor forsake you. Now you said, what does that have to do with what you're talking about? No matter where you are, you can say to God, you are here. Go to Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So wherever you are, he is there. So you get, wherever you go, you are here. And it can be a terrible spot, by the way. I hear stories of guys, you know, saying they're sharing the gospel in a crack house. You say, well, what does that mean? People in a very, very bad spot, if they're believers, you say, well, how can a believer be in a crack house and share the gospel with anybody? Because the gospel is still the gospel. Well, how can a crack addict share the gospel? Because the gospel is still the gospel. You say, well, that doesn't make sense. Then how can any of us do any of the things that we're doing? You know, you'd have to be claiming 100% of the time I'm walking with Jesus, and so I share the gospel. We claim to not be doing that kind of stuff, but are we even sharing our faith? So if you're in a crack house and you still know he is there, you know something. Yeah. Now that sounds bizarre, I know. And that's part of why people make it out of those situations. They say, I know that he did not abandon me even here. Even here, you are here, and you're going to help me get out of this situation. One more, Psalm 46.1. Some of you know this by heart, because sooner or later you get in a tough spot and you start memorizing stuff like this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I was reminded of this the other day. I've told a story before about a buddy of mine. I've known him since I was 18. And one day in business, things were, well, after I'd pastored the first church where Rebecca and I were in business and things, it was just too much. Too much pressure, kids, business, stress. And I just sat down in one of the offices on the floor in kind of the upright fetal position. And I said to Rebecca, call Jeff. And within an hour, he was there and sat down beside me. Now, what did he do? What did he fix? He fixed absolutely nothing, but we had made a deal that stands to this day that anywhere on the planet, if you're in trouble or I'm in trouble, and I call you or you call me, I will find you. That's a friend. Now, what did he do? He sat down on the floor by me, put his arms around his knees, and we sat there, and I knew it was gonna be okay. I didn't know how, but I knew I was not by myself anymore. Some of you in this room, Some of you beyond here somewhere feel like you are by yourself. If you're a Christian, you can never be alone. It's not possible because you can always say to him, you are here. And in the Old Testament, we talk about this. He was with people in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, he is in people. I don't think I really understand that or I'd live a totally different life. I grew up where church was a building and you tried to get little kids to behave in the building. Turns out church is your body. And it's easier to get children to behave in a building than it is to get Christians to behave in a body. Right? We want to tell all these little kids to stop running around. You're in the house of the Lord. How about stop running around because you are the house of the Lord? How about that? So when you get to that point, and it's an acknowledgement, not just when I'm in trouble, but you are here all the time. You know where I am. You know what I'm thinking. You know what I'm thinking about thinking. And if this goes poorly, where I could end up, and I'm aware of that, and I don't want to do anything to shame your house, not my, it's in my house. I'm just house sitting. This is his house. And he's let me stay in here till I get out of here. Turns out it's a whole lot easier to go to church, which is impossible, than it is to be a church. You can go to some building and sit and sing songs, give a little money and be on your way. But to be the church, you gotta be aware that he's here. You are here. Go to another one here, Matthew 123. Can't run through this one because it's just in there. Matthew 123 talking about the birth of Jesus behold the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated you are here not really God with us right but what does that mean you are here God Literally here. And you say, Yeah, but he came and he lived and he died and was buried and raised from the dead. He's gone. But what did he say? I'll send you someone the same as me, another comforter. So when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit moves in and it's the same as having Jesus in you. It's him, it's the Holy Spirit, it's God in you. That's what makes all the difference. Go to John chapter 4. Again, a great story. There's no way I stop here and read this whole thing. If you've heard the story about this woman at a well, Let's start in verse 1. John chapter 4, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, now, Jacob's well was there. So, not to get in this, this is like a white racist going through the hood on the way to somewhere. It ain't going to happen. Right? It's just not going to happen. This is like, there's just certain neighborhoods, parts of the country you just don't go through. This was something Jews would go all the way around the country to avoid going through Samaria. And Jesus decided to go through Samaria and to this village and ends up at this well. So look what happens. So he comes to this city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. Okay? So Jesus, God and a man, still gets tired. He ate. He slept. He would get tired. So he sits down by this well. He's tired, and apparently he's thirsty as well. So you say, well, why are you making such a big deal about this? That is where He was right? That's it. He was not in North America. He was not in China. He was not in Australia. He was right there at Jacob's well. That's where he was. And the thing that's so powerful about this is that Jesus, that's where he was. And he was a hundred percent there and did what the father had for him to do there. It was about the sixth hour. So it's high noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. I know you would have nothing to do with me. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. So now Jesus starts talking to him about who he is. And if you follow this story, she believes She goes into town. It turns out she's been married five times and is living with a guy. And Jesus knew that without her telling him that. And she goes into town. The disciples come back out. They've got food. What was that? And they stay there a while. And a ton of people get saved. You say, well, was that really the best use of Jesus' time? Is that where you should be? You just are where you are. You say, well, I need to be in better places. Then be in better places. Now, you say, well, what do you mean better places? If your life is working like it should and could work, this is what I am trying to do. You wake up. You say, okay, Lord, this is the day that you have made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. But it's your day, and I am yours, so we're going where you say to go. He says, well, then get your butt to work. That's in the the Aramaic. Um, (laughs) Go to work. And then you pay attention all day. You don't just go haphazardly. Now you say, well, do you hear stuff? I don't hear stuff all day long, but I'm telling you, if you live this way and you're walking and talking with Jesus, you will end up in a restaurant and a security guard, he'll say, speak to her. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Hey, how are you today? Well, I'm tired, Lord. I don't want to mess with her. And then you miss an opportunity. So read John chapter 14. By the way, back to our gatherings like this, Whether it's Hindu, Buddhist, whoever it is, atheist, people should be able to walk into a gathering of a church and say, I have no idea what it is, but someone is there. If there is a you, you are here because I can't explain this. John chapter 14, verse 16, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. I mentioned this a minute ago that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither knows him, it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. And we are a part of the will be in you. You are here, not just here. Acts chapter 17. We're almost there. This is all that's in the Bible. It's people being where they are. And if they're like Jonah, I thought mentioned, he was in the wrong place. God got him back to where he was supposed to be. The sooner you get to where he wants you to be and you are there, then things are going to go. It may be tough there, but that's where you're supposed to be. Be there. Acts 17, go down to verse 16. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens... His spirit was provoked within him when he saw the city was given over to idols. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogues with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Look at that. In the marketplace. Underline this stuff. Daily in the marketplace with those who happened to be there. That's your life, right? Right? You think, well, the kids have a ball game on Friday night. We're just going to the ball game. No, you're not. You're going to be with people who happen to be there with you, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that's within you. No, I'm taking the night off. I'm just watching football. You don't take the night off. Not from Jesus, right? Try that with your spouse. I'm taking the weekend off. I need a hall pass. Everybody know what a hall pass is? I'm just going to be gone a couple of days, but I'm not going to be married while I'm gone, but I'll be back and I'll be faithful when I get back. But I just need a hall pass. If you're cool with that, stop asking for Jesus for hall passes or stop taking them when he's not offering them. Then certain Epicurean and stoic philosophers encountered him. So in the process of those that happened to be there, these Epicureans, I think it's just life's all about pleasure. Anyhow. And some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said, He seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. Now, what they did know is what he preached. And what did he preach? Jesus and the resurrection. Is that what you're preaching? Talk to people about Jesus and that he died on the cross, was buried, raised from the dead. Now, if you're one of these people that says, so you're telling me if I sit down with somebody and all I have time to tell them is, that God loves them, that Jesus died on the cross, was buried and raised from the dead to pay for their sin and offer them eternal life, that they can be saved. That's exactly what I'm telling you. That is the gospel, and there is power in the gospel. You say, well, how does that work? The same way a seed works when you shove it in the ground and cover it up. It is a seed. The gospel is a seed. It will take root and do its thing. You don't have to say any fancy words about it. It'll happen. It's not magic. It's a miracle. Share the gospel. My wife talked me into buying some dogs. Well, that's not true, that's not true. A gentleman who's in the back of the room sent me a picture of some puppies and said this guy's got free puppies. They are never free, don't ever take this bait. They are never free. So they turn out to be up in Oklahoma behind the casino. So we got a brother and a sister and it looks like we're gonna name them Win and Star, so that's gonna work out really nice. So let me tell you about driving up there in the rain, you know, to go get these dogs. It was like the Lord said all the way up there, it ain't about the dogs. And what happens? I get up there and there's this guy that lives on a farm. And I'm talking about he had more animals than Noah. This was a circus. (laughs) He's by himself. It is a mess. He's got four or 500-pound exotic pigs. It's a circus. Nice guy. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, it's not about the dogs. And I start talking to this guy. And he tells me, I say something, well, are there any good churches up here? You know, something. Oh, yeah, there's churches everywhere. And talked about that. And I said, well, how about you? Oh, no. He says, you know what? I'm an atheist. And he said, I learned a long time ago that, you know what? I don't have to change what you believe, and you don't have to change what I believe. I said, okay, we'll go with that. And I act like we were still trying to figure out which dogs. So then he went from being an atheist to being an agnostic. Right? He just needed a little time. Now, you say, well, did he get saved? No. But was I there? You bet your life I was there. I yes, yes. See, here's where it goes wrong. Someone says, I'm an atheist. And we go, oh, you're going to end up in hell. Well, why are we trying to rush it? Right? I thought we were supposed to try to do what what he's doing here. Right? Okay, find out where they are. Wow, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. Instead of just punching them in the nose, man, Christians are some of the meanest people I have ever known in my life. We know people are going to hell and we're almost elated that that's going to happen instead of being brokenhearted. So here's this guy, he's had some problems in his life and I'm there, but I got to be there. I just can't get my dogs and go to hell with you and drive away. So what's my responsibility? I was there. I have his number. I can still text him. I can have some kind of relationship. Now, what's supposed to happen is that God loves that man through me, through us, in such a way that he says maybe, I think these people may be Christians, but I've never met Christians like this. Why do they still love me when I say I don't believe anything they believe? And then it's his kindness, his gentleness that leads him to repentance. You think it would be impossible. He's an atheist. How can he get saved? How did I get saved? Nobody gets saved without a miracle. Everybody's raised from the dead when they get saved. Ain't nothing but dead people. Dead in your trespasses and sins. Go back to Acts 17. So this babbler, they want to know what he's talking about. Jesus in the resurrection, verse 19. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, Mars Hill, a place next to the Acropolis, it's kind of near there, about three or four hundred feet high, it's way up in the air. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what the new doctrine is of which you speak? For you are bringing some strange things to our ears, therefore we want to know what these things meant. For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing." Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. So he didn't punch him. He goes, It looks like you're pretty religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. Now, where did he not start? You're all idolaters. You're going to hell. Well, isn't that where you're supposed to start? Apparently not. You find some point of connection with them instead of punching them in the face and then work from there. And then he has an opportunity to say, Well, I found this, you know, to the unknown God. I'll tell you who he is. Verse 24 God who made the world and everything in it. So he starts telling him, The God I'm talking to you about made the whole universe, everything in the world. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he's the boss does not dwell in temples made with hands. Now you say, well, what about the Old Testament? Didn't God have his Shekinah glory, his glory in a temple? Not true anymore, right? That's not where he lives. Nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives life to all, breath and all things. He gives to all life, breath and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Now look at that. One nation, he has made from one blood every nation of the men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. So if you keep reading this story, not everybody believes, but a bunch of them do believe, and he shares the gospel with them. Not everybody I share the gospel with gets saved with me, and I don't even know if they get saved later with anybody. That's not my responsibility. I've never saved anyone. You say, well, we gotta do something else. No, we don't. What are you gonna do? Oh, I'm gonna argue with them. And where does that get anybody, right? There's nothing in this story about arguing. I'm trying to go back and look. No, nothing about Paul arguing. He's kind with them. He engages them where they are and presents the gospel.
0: You say, well, I've had people be mean back to me. That doesn't mean you have to be mean back to them. Before Richard comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, richardellistalks.com. You'll find today's talk right there in the Talks page, along with all of Richard's messages. You can even forward them to a friend so they can hear them too. You'll also find the prayer wall to add your prayer requests, a link to connect with us, the contribute page for you to be able to give to this ministry, a radio station finder, all our social media links, and much more. So check it out, richardellistalks.com. And Richard's back now to wrap up today's talk. Go down to verse 34 in that chapter. However, some men joined him
1: and believed, among them Dionysius and the Areopagite, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. So some people did believe. I'm not responsible for that. So there are people watching this, listening to this somewhere, and you heard the gospel. I know you did if you've been listening for a while. And you say, well, how do I become a Christian? You respond. You go, wow, I can't even explain it. I think I believe this is all true. Then stop having Jesus with you, have him in you. You are here is always true unless you are there. You are here is always true unless you are there, and there can only be one of two places, heaven or hell, and only you can decide where that is. I was presented this truth when I was a small, young kid, and I believed. You can do it when you're young, you can do it when you're old, but you got to do it, or you won't make it. But because of a decision I made to respond in faith and say, okay, Lord Jesus, I do believe you died on the cross, were buried and raised from the dead to pay for my sin. I ask you to move into me, to forgive me, to love me, to take over my life. So now I try to live for him, with him living in me and through me. And then one day I will die and he will look at me and say,
0: you are here because I know him. You've been listening to Richard Ellis Talks we really appreciate that you've spent this time with us, but we want to keep the conversation going with you. A couple of ways you can connect with us is by giving us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD. That's 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is through our website, richardellistalks.com. You can email us, sign up to get the daily talk sent to your phone each day, write on the prayer wall where we can pray for you, or even stay in touch through our Facebook page at Talk with Richard. We love bringing you the program every day, but it means even more to us when you let us know how the program has helped you. So call 855-6Richard or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. Finally, if you enjoy the program, let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us, richardellistalks.com. So until next time, have a great day and thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.